This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday, 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. It's a new year about to dawn, so let's talk about New Year taxes. Some taxes going up, others going down. Everything you need to know. Let's check in now with Chris Sims, Canadian Taxpayers Federation. She's the BC director there. Hi, Chris. Hi, thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on, Chris. Let's talk about the uh, federal changes, first of all. Now, this is the good news for taxpayers. This is the one that was promised by Justin Trudeau, and that's the change in your basic personal exemption amount, right? So this is going to save people some money. Yes, exactly. And we wanted to start it off with some good news and yeah. to give credit where it is due. This is a significant tax cut for millions of Canadians. And what this is, is your basic personal amount when you're sitting down every spring and you're doing your taxes and you write in your basic personal amount. Right now, it's a little more than $12,000 thereabouts. By the time uh, this increase happens by 2023, that exemption will go up to fifteen grand. So that right. means you can make $15,000 before you start paying federal taxes. Now, that might not sound like a lot, but by the year 2023, uh, the average Canadian is going to be saving around $300 a year. And there's millions of us that will be saving that. So that's significant. We wanted to give credit where it's due, that it's going to be a big tax cut federally. Of course, there's always a downside. Uh, we're seriously worried about their deficit spending right now at the federal level. But the good news is, is we are getting that basic personal amount increased. Okay, the politicians don't seem to be too worried about the, the deficit. I, I no. remember once upon a time, Justin Trudeau was going, oh, we're going to balance that budget, no problem. He was supposed to do it this year. Remember that? Remember when he promised he'd balance the budget this year? But uh, we're nowhere close to that now. No, we completely blew through that. And it was one of his major election promises. He looked people dead in the eye. It was during one of the major debates. And again, during press conferences after that, he said he was going to balance the budget by 2019. He completely blew that. It's actually one of the reasons why we got Fibber. He's our uh, promise keeper puppet. He's there, one of our mascots. He followed him around Canada. So, yeah, we got him out there. (laughs) Okay, but that tax cut, just going back to that basic personal amount um, exemption there, that is significant. Like that. That is a that is a pretty hefty tax cut uh, in all things considered. Yes, it is. And to give yeah. straight up credit where it's due, um, it doesn't just affect some you know niche people or small groups of people. It's several million Canadians that'll be yeah. saving around three hundred bucks a year by the time it's done. So that's really nice to see. We're happy to see that. Okay, what about at the provincial level, Chris? Any big changes coming in twenty twenty? Yes, and the same thing as it is at the federal level, there's good and bad. So to start off with the good, we're super happy to see the end of the MSP, the Medical Services Premium. Uh, Some of your listeners uh, may not have seen those bills themselves, but I know a lot of us do get those little brown envelopes in the mail, and it costs you a lot of money. And so the Medical Services Premium, the MSP, is now officially going to be gone for 2020. That was one of the campaign promises by John Horgan when he was running for Premier. It's one of the reasons probably why he was elected. So we're happy to see that gone. 
unfortunately, there's the bad side. All it's done is mutated. It's morphed into the employer health tax. And so we're still going to be paying it, but it's mostly hidden. We're going to be paying it through lost wage increases, higher property taxes, and higher costs for items in our stores. Because, of course, employers are people, and they have to get that money from somewhere, and it's going to be coming out of our pockets one way or the other. Right. The employer health tax is the one that replaces MSP, and that's going to raise around $2 billion for government. So this is a big honking tax here. And it's like you said, it's a payroll tax. Now, the government is saying, okay, yeah, I know you know these employers, companies don't like paying these taxes, but we're going to try and insulate small business from this tax. So it kicks in if you got a payroll of $490,000 a year or higher. Do you mm-hmm. think that that is an adequate threshold to protect small business from the impact of this tax? No, it's not, unfortunately. And it's a very low threshold. It's one of the lowest in all of Canada, meaning that you don't need to have that many employer employees on your payroll in order to get nailed with this thing. So as you point out, yeah. a payroll of more than, they say, $500,000, but of course you have to notch it underneath that, you start automatically paying the EHT, the employer health tax, and it's right. super low. So one of the things that some business groups are asking for to eventually get rid of it is at least start with heightening the threshold so that it's only a bigger business that's paying it. But we need to keep in mind that it's medium-sized businesses, in some cases what would be classified as smaller businesses, and bigger businesses getting hit with this. To give you examples, so there's this auto truck uh, parts and car parts place up in Prince George. They're a Main Street employer. They've been there for almost 40 years. They employ tons of people. They are now paying between fifty-five and $65,000 more per year because of the employer health tax. Because not only do they pay the EHT for their employees, their physical building's property taxes have gone up because the city of Prince George has to pay the EHT. And the owner's own property, her home taxes have gone up. So she's getting hit three different ways just for employing people. And if you look on a bigger scale, the recent mill shutdown in Kelowna, it's been partially, not fully, but part of the reason why that's happening, according to the local Chamber of Commerce there in Kelowna, is because of the employer health tax. Do you think those workers care that their mill happened to be a big business? No, they're out of work. And that's one of the reasons why. So it hits people. It hurts people. Okay, I think this employer health tax is going to be a big political issue in 2020 because you've got Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson uh, attacking this tax, going after it, saying it's a terrible tax. When you try to pin him down, though, and I've tried to do this, (laughs) what would you do with that tax? Would you eliminate it? How would you replace all the money that it raises that's when he starts to kind of ducking and dodging and you can't really pin him down. I suspect what he will eventually promise is to raise that threshold where the tax kicks in. So right now it's a payroll tax of a $490,000 payroll. I wouldn't be surprised to see him say, well, we'll raise it up to, I don't know, 750000 Who knows what it'll be, but he'll have to do something like that. He can't eliminate that tax because it just brings in too much money to government. He can say that, and we'd like to see that step happen, even though we would call that a baby step. Our ultimate goal would be to get rid of it completely. It's one of the reasons well, why you, we pray. Where do you, what do you do with all the money? Like, that's bringing in $2 bucks a year, Chris. Where are you supposed to well, get the money? 
You could start in a few places. So I can go through the books and actually find that money for you. But off the top of my head, you could start things like stopping fighting natural resource development. So, for example, if Canada had the full pipeline capacity that we should have right now, we would have raised more than $13 billion over the past 10 years just in the federal taxes. That's not even touching property taxes. That's not touching the provincial taxes or the wages it would be paying to people. That's one thing. So here we are in B.C. Not only are we spending taxpayers' money actually fighting things like the expansion of the Trans Mountain Pipeline, we're missing out on massive tax dollars, intake dollars, from not having our proper pipeline capacity. Another element, ICBC. Why don't we take this thing off of our books? Right. Mm. If we didn't have to have be on the hook for that every year as a fiscal risk, Carol. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to Shopify.com slash system, all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. James correctly calls it, as the finance minister, a fiscal risk to British Columbians. Take that thing off of your books. you got a lot more liquid money to move around, or at least consider doing that. I see BC, the dumpster fire over there, continuing to burn. I think that's going to be a big story in 2020 as well. What do you think should be done at ICBC, 604-280-9898 is the number to call. Toll free on your cell, it's star 9898. Let's go to Paul in Delta. Hey, Paul. Good morning and uh, happy holidays to you. Thanks, um, same to you. I, uh, I think that ICBC needs to go, period. They have been losing money. The government, the former government, liberals, have been using uh, ICBC money to balance their budget, uh, taking money out of it. We see this a continuous problem, and it's going to be continually a problem for uh, another government, uh, apart from NDP, whoever gets in next time. This needs to be done, gone, and bring in a private insurance. Simple okay. as that. Okay, thanks for the call. Chris, you said earlier, you know, maybe we should get rid of it as well, but what would be your idea to reform ICBC? Uh, get rid of it. Uh, it's way past the point of needing reform. It's a monopoly. The government tries to run it, which just sounds like a disaster. We think that there should be full and open competition for auto insurance in British Columbia. We're all adults here, and if we're driving, we should be allowed to shop around and find our own insurance rates. It's one of the reasons why we pay the highest rates in all of Canada. And it's really mind-numbing, especially if you're a British Columbian like myself, born and raised, and then you move away and you work somewhere else for a while and come back here, the sticker shock is amazing. I can't believe what BC drivers are putting up with. Uh, A lot of people across Canada pay less for combining even their home insurance and and their content Uh insurance than with their car insurance. And here, we're just paying through the nose. Well, one of the things I find frustrating is like that bundling that you just described, right? Like if people can bundle your car insurance with your home insurance and your life insurance or whatever, like you can do in other provinces and get a better deal. You know, I mean, that's it's it's a shame that you can't do that in British Columbia uh, with a government monopoly uh, auto insurance. But 
when I was just listening to you, Chris, say that we're paying the highest insurance in the country, I'm just imagining if David Eby was listening to this right now, he'd be he'd be screaming at his radio, no, it's not, we're not paying the highest, this is just spin. But the, the funny thing is, it's like, statistics are a funny thing because you can spin them any which way and it, sometimes i'll listen to the government say oh no we've got some of the best insurance rates in the country with public auto insurance then i'll talk to the canadian insurance bureau who mm-hmm. they represent the private insurers and they'll say the opposite no you're paying the highest in the country so what are people supposed to believe because they're told two different things well there there are some middle of the road numbers you can find out there and the average amount that ICBC people are paying every year is now more than $1800 a year. Like it's yeah. gross. You know what? Pick up the phone. I know it sounds anecdotal. Phone your friends and family. In places like Alberta, I've lived in Nova Scotia. I mean the the rates were a fraction there. And yeah. I know I'm speaking anecdotally, but, you know, British Columbians are smart. A lot of us have moved away, lived away, come from away, all that, all that jazz. We know when we're getting screwed over, and we're definitely getting screwed over by these rates at ICBC. And with all due respect, uh, Minister Eby, the Attorney General, can, can play with numbers at the edges or try to defend ICBC. He just shouldn't. He's a smart man. He's a very okay. smart man. He shouldn't try to own this dumpster fire. He should well, get rid of it. Well, you know what? The NDP have always liked to accuse the Liberals of playing politics with ICBC, but I wonder if we'll see the NDP do the, the same darn thing in the new year because we've already seen EB just in the last few weeks delay the mm-hmm. ICBC uh, rate request for 2020, and I got yep. a feeling. I got a feeling this government's going to intervene here somehow in ICBC because the last thing they want is people getting absolutely walloped with another huge rate hike, especially if if, if there's a potential, a possibility for an election in the new yes. year. Let's go to Doug in Surrey. Hey, Doug. Hi, Mike. Hi. Uh, go ahead. I don't know if you lived in Ontario when David Peterson got elected, but uh, I remember him saying that he was going to provincialize insurance back there because we were getting put through the uh, meat grinder by all the little private people down the street on University Avenue. It came out that uh, three or four umbrellas, I guess you could call them, ran about three or four different insurance names. It was the... Um, okay, get, know, to your, get to your bottom line, will you? Because we're just about out of time here. We could privatize it, yeah. Privatize but, it, yeah. But don't expect, but don't expect to get too big a break because they know a money grab when they can see it. Okay, Doug. Thanks for the call. This is going to be an interesting one in the new year, Chris. I wonder what the liberals are going to say. This is another one. It's tough to pin them down on it. They love to criticize ICBC, but they're a little reticent to say exactly what they would do themselves. We agree, and we'd like to hear some clarity coming yeah. from Mr. Wilkinson. We want to hear him stand up and say he's going to fully uh, open it up to competition. And just to give a good example, compare us to Alberta. Look at mm. Alberta. We've got very similar climate, very similar driving conditions, lots of fancy cars out there. This idea okay. that it's because we have sports cars is silly. Compare us to Alberta. They get to shop around. We don't. Chris, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Merry Christmas. All right. Same to you. That's Chris Sims, Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Appreciate her time today. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll take a look back at the year in real estate. That's next. This is Mike Smith. Stick around.